Now, First Chronicles 16, 8 through 36, right? The, the, the focus for these um, two messages last week and this week is to understand why we should give thanksgiving to God. Um, why should we do that? We talked about when David first appointed thanksgiving to be sung uh, in the nation of Israel as he uh, was king. We talked about that last week. Um, this week we're going to look at something, um, well, just kind of the continuation of that. Actually, the lyrics and the song of David's thanks that... Um, was sung on this moment uh, for good reason. Now, now here's, here's the thing. Um, people need to know, we as Christians need to say, and God deserves it to be said, he's great. So Christians, amen, would you agree? That we need to tell people that he's great. Right? So, th so that they can understand. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about all the reasons why he's great, right? Be prepared in season and out of season to give an account, to share a word, to demonstrate actions and deeds of, of why you believe what you believe. Look, I, I totally get why people don't follow Christianity because they don't understand, they don't know that it is the one true faith. They don't understand all the greatness in there. I, I don't even understand it, but, but the more that we know and store these treasures in our heart, then the more we can share those treasures with others and help firm up their faith and even speak against anything that would say that God isn't great or that we shouldn't give thanks to God or that I just did this on my own because I'm smart or fast or strong or pretty or witty or sarcastic or however you say those things that we can look in and, and give thanks to God. So, so let me share uh, the one thing first. This, this is the, the heartbeat of this passage that God is so great. Don't hesitate to communicate it. That's what this passage is saying, right? So David's appointing this song singing and everybody's song singing. Everybody's appointing this worship and they're, they're, they're all into it. So to you, I would say, don't hesitate. And I get it. Um, probably one of the, it's, it's that awkward feeling, right? In, um, in fringalism or evangelism or witnessing or living out your faith. Like, oh, I don't know how my boss is going to feel about this. I don't know how my employees are going to feel about this. What's my spouse going to say? What, what about my neighbors? If I put Christ out there first and, and foremost, how are others going to respond? And I would say to you to not hesitate, but to communicate it, right? And we communicate in a lot of ways. 20% of how we communicate is just words. 80% body language. You know that? You can look across the way and see your neighbor. They're having a bad day. They're speaking French and kicking the lawnmower because they're like, what is happening? So you can see what's going on in people's lives. And I, I would just encourage you when it comes to giving thanks, do not hesitate um, to do that. And there are a lot of ways you can see it. But what our goal this morning is, is to give you massive reasons. These aren't even all. This is just an iceberg tip. But to give you lots of reasons of why you should be thankful and what you should give God thanks for. So let me give you some context um, to this when it comes to giving thanks. Um, give thanks to the Lord by proclaiming the goodness of his salvation from day to day. So that's number one way that you can give thanks in the context of your life, no matter what scenario, relationship, circumstance you're in, is to proclaim the good news of his salvation every single day. That is a, a massive wave that needs to sweep over our neighborhoods and our community. That people might know the good news of his salvation. So let me talk a little bit about salvation. Now, if there's good news, then the flip side, there's what? Bad news, right? So if anyone ever asks you, uh, you want the bad news first or the good, good news first? I'm a bad news first guy. Any other bad news first? If there's bad news, yeah, I want, give me the bad news first. Give it to me. And then I'll be wrecked inside and not even hear the good news. So here's the, here's the bad news. The bad news is everybody's born with sin. 
The bad news is, if they don't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the wages and consequences of that sin will destroy their life now, and then it will cause them and be the response of the eternal death which sends them to hell after their life. So that's the bad news. We're, we're all born that way. And I know in this world that they want to say we're born with a lot of stuff. But the scripture is clear. Everyone is born with sin. Then as we reach that sort of age of accountability, we begin to create it ourselves. Most people call it regrets. Most people um, call it their eighth grade hairdo in the yearbook picture. You guys know what I'm saying. Just things you were, just wish didn't happen. Now, when we come to that and we understand that that's true for everybody, that's the bad news. We all are struggling and dealing with the consequence of sin, ours and those around us. There, there is no sin that, that happens that doesn't affect someone else. You're like, well, it just affects me. No, it affects everyone. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. You, you, you're, we're literally stepping into first century just sharing Jesus right now. Here's the good news. God has a son named Jesus Christ who came and lived perfect, sin-free life, died on the cross for the forgiveness of, of everyone's sins, your sins, my sins, rose from the grave on the third day according to scriptures so that we might find deliverance and redemption by grace through faith. He paid it all. Now that's the good news. Oh, and by the way, it's free through no works of your own, right? Now at work, they'll be like, you can get this promotion and make all this money. But you're going to have to do all this job description. And then at the very end, HR loves to put, this is not an exhaustive job description. There are other duties that are not included. Right? And then that's, that one line is your real job. All the other stuff, they just entice you in. But Christ, nope. When it comes to salvation, it's not by works. So that no man could boast, but it's a free gift of God. That's the good news. This is why we give thanks so that they can see and begin to understand that Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit can lead them to salvation. And that's for everybody. People who are dating, people who are single, people who are married, people who are trying to figure out work life and home life and worship life and just life in general. This is the kind of stuff that happens. So when you talk about salvation, when you understand why we shouldn't hesitate to communicate it is because they need the word. Nowhere in scripture does it says that a person will always get multiple opportunities to accept Jesus Christ. In fact, it says in Revelations at the, at the end of times, there'll, there'll be um, one person's going to be the last person to have the gospel message. And then God's going to be like, there's going to be nobody else who's going to receive it. So that starts as part of the end times. And if you think that's not true, just look at the story of Noah. What happened there? Nobody else but like these eight people who actually followed after God. No more second chances. Some people only get one chance and then they harden and, and sin grips them so tightly that they can't find it, which is why we must be out there sharing. So here's what we're going to do. I would encourage you, we're, we are going to read verses, um, well, I'm going to read, I'm gonna verses 8 through 36. Here's the danger when you do big chunks of scripture. The, the danger is, uh, well, let me put it in the positive side. You need to drop your heart guards down and raise your re receptivity up to what we're about to read. What happens when we read scripture in large chunks is it just becomes, um, well, let me say it this way. Have you ever read something and go, what did I just read? And you're like, you have to reread it. So then you send the kids away, right? Go as the kids. 
Kids wanted food. They haven't eaten all day. It's not worth it. I'm reading scripture. Go, right? And then, you, then they go away and you just keep rereading and you keep rereading and keep rereading. But when we get in scriptures, our flesh isn't naturally inclined to receive the message though our spirit is. So as we read through this, I would say drop your, your guards down and increase your receptivity. Um, what we say on Thursday nights, look and listen for what jumps out at you from God's word that the Holy Spirit is like two by four to the spiritual face. I want you to hear this and know this and underline this and highlight this and respond to this. Because we're going to go through this and we are going to see how great God is. But I can know through my studies of these scriptures that sometimes we can just get lost in the big passage of scriptures. But, but I, want, I want to read it in its entirety because it's just, it's a lot of reasons to give thanks. So here we go. Verse 8. Um, yeah, here we go. Verse 8 through 36. Uh, oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his, his miracles and the, and the judgments that he uttered, uh, uh, oh, offspring of Israel, his servant, the, the children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute and to Israel as an everlasting covenant. Verse 18, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When you were few in number, you were of little account. You were soldiers in it. You were wandering from nation to nation and from kingdom to another people. He allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying in verse 22, Touch not my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. You still with me? Swing to all these things that God's doing. Verse 23, sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among who? All peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples, they're, they're worthless idols. But, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families uh, of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. That's so good. Let the sea roar. We get that. And all that fills it. Let the field exalt and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord because he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God of our salvation and gather and deliver us from, from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and, and, and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And if you ever wondered where that phrase, this phrase came from, then all God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Now you just drank from a fire hose 
of why you should give thanks to the Lord. I understand that. And it's basically what you're seeing in this song, this, this giving of thanks and praise is, is there, there are so many reasons more to give thanks. There, there are so many reasons to give thanks to God. But I, I just want to summarize and encapsulate um, these verses so that you can hear it. What's going to fuel you when the lion that prowls around to, to devour you and to devour your soul turns his eyes to you and starts running and attacking? What's going to strengthen you and firm up your armor of God? It's these passages, which I'm about to summarize, these 8 through 36, which is going to give you the fuel and the strength to stay close to God. When everybody else on social media isn't, you will. When everybody else in your neighborhood is celebrating other things and Thanksgiving represents something completely different to them, you are not going to push Christ aside. You're not going to silence the Holy Spirit and, and stop listening to God. But instead, you're going to take these passages of Scripture and go, man, we've got a lot to be thankful for. I mean, it's incredible. So let, let me just hit the, just, just sort of this column of things that pop up in these verses for, um, because God, and, and that's what I love. You're seeing a response here, right? Then all the people said, amen, so be it. And they praise the Lord because all that took place. So verse eight, um, God does, because God does deeds that need to be made known, we give him thanks. Verse nine, because God does wondrous works, we give him thanks. Verse 10, because God is holy, because he is present with us. It says he's the strongest. My kids would love that. Dad, who's the strongest? You? No, God. Verse 12. Um, because God has done wondrous works, miracles, and judgments, we praise him. Right? He's worthy of thanks. Verse 13. Um, because he chose first to be uh, our father. Which is really cool. Right? You guys know what I'm talking about there in verse 13. You've gone to the pound and looked at that sad dog that nobody wants. Look, I love you guys. You're that sad dog. And God's like, I'll take that. Too many toes on its right paw? Yes. Kind of grumpy in the morning before it gets coffee? Yes. I'll take that. Lots of reasons to praise God. Verse 14, um, because God is our God, his judgments are in all the earth, which just gives great peace to us and another man. God's reigning and he's sovereign. We can just let him handle it, right? Vengeance is what? The Lord's. Let him do his good work. Verse 15, he upholds his covenant and commandments. 16, he made and promised his covenant. Verse 17, he confirms his everlasting covenant. With who? Those who believe and come through Jesus Christ. Verse 18, he speaks and fulfills his sovereign will. God, what are you doing? I'm doing what I know is right and perfect, God says. You just follow and be close. Verse 19, he protects and provides. Verse 20, he sends us among the world. Verse 21, not only does he protect, but he also rebuked those that would harm. He protects in verse 22 those and keeps harm. Verse 23, he saves these are all reasons to be glorious, uh, uh, to that God is glorious and, and to give him thanksgiving to these, to who he is. In verse 24, he is glorious and he is marvelous. Just his existence is praise alone. You're probably going to spend 10,000 years in eternity on each one of these verses just praising him. Because you're like, man, you're marvelous, you're glorious. Verse 25, um, he's great and he's a, to be feared above all. Yeah, he made the heavens. He's surrounded by splendor, majesty, strength, and joy. So when you need strength, when you need joy, when you need something that is strong, um, where do you go? Go to the one who's surrounded by those things, right? 
surrounded by those. Verse 29, he has a, he has a glorious name and splendor is, he has splendor that's filled with, with holiness. What's holiness? It's, um, it's Jesus Christ. It's Christ-likeness. And not only is he filled with that, but he has that too. So as we give thanks and as we focus on who he is, we see here that, that God is a source of holiness. Verse 30, he's, he's established the unmovable earth. So people are like, what's going to happen to the earth and how it's going to take place? Read the book of Revelation. You, you, or you can read here. It's unmovable. He's put it in its place. Verse 31, he reigns. We say it around here this way. Um, God's still on the throne. When someone needs encouragement, that's what I tell them. You're going through a tough time, God's still on the throne. Life's going awesome and things are going good, hey, God's on the throne. You're not. Which is really great because we'd be hitting the delete button on everybody. All those people, delete them. But God, he's great. He reigns. Look at verse 30. I find verse 32 and 33 like super convicting. Here's why. You're like, what? It says, let the seas roar and the fields exalt. Let the trees and forests sing joyfully of his judgments. I'm a slightly competitive person, but I'm not going to let the sea and the trees and the fields outpraise me. But that's what they do. You think Jesus is like, look, if no one worships me, I'll make these rocks cry out. That's not a good message for us. You don't want that. You don't want the sea roaring out in praise and the stars ringing out their names in praise of God because we're not. Do not let your gardenias outpraise you, right? Let's see what time it sees. Don't let the poinsettias outpraise you this year. The garlands and holiness. But, but that's what it's saying. They're crying out. And, and it's simple. Like, we want the Lord to come. We desire and worship him. I'm not going to let some wave outpraise me. It might knock me over and make me fly on drown, but it ain't praising me. I'm not letting it. And I love that. And it convicts me. And, and why are they praising him for? They're joyfully praising him for what? The good things he always says? No, his judgments. Isn't that crazy? No one ever walked to the principal's office going, praise the Lord. Let's worship. Dad's getting the belt and paddle out. Praise the Lord. Judgment's coming. No. But God is so true and so right and so just and so perfect that when he renders a judgment, you're like, yes. And, and, and I'm thankful for that came to him under the weight of sin and said, Lord, I'm sinful and I need Christ to save me. And he's like, you what? No candy cone, Nathan, you were. And if it wasn't for Christ and by his grace, you wouldn't be. So all these things to be thankful for. Man, I just, I'll tell you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change your beach time. It's going to change your nature walks. It's going to change your bridge walks when you're just like, no, you ain't letting them do that. You're not out praising me. Not out praising me. But I love that they praise him. Verse 34. Um, it talks about because God is good, his steadfast love endures forever. An unending love. Verse 35. He is our salvation. It's so crazy. You see these two verses of salvation. We're literally, oh, what do I want to say there? Three, probably five, six hundred years before the birth of Christ. And they're already talking about salvation. Now, now Jesus is existing and he's, and he's alive and he's always existed forever. But they're just, they're calling out to his salvation. He hasn't even come yet. We're on the other side of the cross where salvation comes. And they're like, man, you gather me, you deliver me in. Your name is holy. We're going to give you praise and thanks to God. Verse 36, he, he's blessed forever. So not only do we give him blessings, but he's just Blessed. And not like we say in the South, right? In the South, we're like, oh, bless their heart. This is a different one. This is one he is just, his existence, his essence is all that he is, is worthy. It's incredible. 
So because God's all of these things, what are some of the ways in which we should respond? Because that's what you see in this. I would encourage you to go back. There's so much here that I just was wrestling with God even late last night going, how am I going to get this out in a way that they can understand? So I'm just going to pull three things out. Because what's happening here is in this verse and in this song, they're going, because God is... Because he created, then we, that's what you see in all of this. God is this, we're responding this way. So I'm just going to pull out three things from this to help us remember of how we can give thanks. Because remember the one thing, God is so great, don't hesitate to communicate it. I'm just going to tell you, pull it, I'm pulling it right from scripture. It's literally in there. What we can do. First thing we can do, he talks about this a lot, is, is remember, right? That some 13 different times in these verses, there's this remember, Remember his covenant and his commandments, right? In a new covenant I give to you, Jesus says, um, to love one another. Why haven't we been doing that for the 4,000 years that existed of humanity before that? And he's like, look, here's the deal. So the first thing he did when we even had communion, we just remember his covenant and his commandment. And here's the great thing about a covenant and it's not a contract, right? You guys know the difference? Sometimes we, we live our faith contractually. Like if I don't pay my cell phone bill, they're going to, they're going to cut it off and it's going to go away. Well, God's not that way because a contract says it's only as good as your good. But a covenant says it will last as long as I do because I got in the one that fuels that covenant. So the covenant is forever and everlasting and it doesn't go away based on your drifting or faithfulness or success or deeds. No one wins their way into Jesus because of their special whatever. It's just because this covenant exists because God's so good and he keeps it. And you can just read the scriptures and see it. You know what? You, don't have to read you can just look at your own life and go, if not for the grace of God, I would be horrible. It would just be terrible. So his covenant holds it. So it's not a contract, right? Where if you make a mistake, oh no, it, it, it's a covenant. So the first thing he's saying and that, that really rises up here among many, many other things in all of these scriptures is this, remember his covenant and his commandments. So not only has God done good things and made a good way, but he also wants us to kind of live that out, right? I mean, that's how you know somebody's really getting it. I've been rediscovering um, triple digit long division as I homeschool my kids. Nothing's more humbling than being like, I am not smarter than a fourth grader. And I'm like, here it is. And they're like, dad, that's wrong. And I'm like, that's, we did math this way when I was little. I don't know what this dot thing is, but don't bring it around anymore. And you're just going through it, and you're like, man, I can't do this, and I don't understand what it is. And, 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 and then all of a sudden, when I see them do it, I'm like, man, they're getting it. They're understanding it. They know it. I don't know it, but they know it, and it's right, because I have the teacher key book, so I'm like, there it is, right? And what God says to remember his covenant, it's, it's not just to hide him away, but it's to let him out. We talk about that a lot, right? To love like Christ and to live like Jesus and to get him out there. So he says, remember like his covenants and commandments. And the only way you know that someone's keeping the commandments of Christ is that you can see them do that. Yes, there are some private and silent and solitude commandments to keep. But the other ones, man, you're supposed to know the Christians by their fruit. You should be able to know a Christian by, by their words and their deeds. God knows us by our words, thoughts, and deeds. So First thing I would say out of this, when they're like giving thanks, they're responding by remembering his covenants. So they're going back on their heritage, which we have the full scriptures. And then they're also just keeping his commandments, right? And the reason it's covenantal basis is because Jesus perfectly fulfilled the law. So we don't have to have that against us. We can just 
go through and fulfill it and learn in it. So that, that's the first thing that really rises up out of this is that. The second thing that you see after the remembering giving covenants is just to actually give thanks to God. Right? I've been trying to challenge some people this week. Can, can you thank God without thanking him for something he's done for you? Like, could you sit down in your prayer life and just go, God, I'm going to thank you and praise you, and I'm not going to include anything you've done. Not because you're trying to keep that from him, but just as Americans, we're usually so thankful for things that we get, and then we're appreciative. But a disciple of Christ, the kingdom model of living on this earth, praises God for all the things we just talked through, right? You're great. You're holy. Your love is everlasting. So, so how well, or, or maybe your next devotional time or the next time you're praying, just try to pray and thank God for who he is and how well can you do that? And it just, then it, it puts the focus on him and the desire for people to connect it actually can become greater because it isn't about how well, well, someone can't escape through you and go, well, that's just for you. They go, no, this is how God is. So I would encourage you um, in that to literally give thanks to God. To give thanks to God. Then the third thing um, that really comes out of this, which I love, is to tell people. I mean, it's in here six, seven, eight times that I'm telling people, right? Because when they're singing, let's just take the singing example because this is a song. What do you do? You sing aloud, right? Even when I was um, in uh, like show choir and, and glee club and, and all those singing stuff, she's like, if you forget the words, just whisper watermelon when you're singing. Because it'll look like you know the words. So I would do that. And sometimes in worship. But you just go and it's just like, look, it's out there. And you're, you're singing and you're, you're responding to this. So it's like, look, you, you've got to actually give thanks to the Lord. You've got you to give it out and you've got to start telling people. Now, who's people? Not you. Everybody else but you. Now, sometimes you might need to stand in the mirror and affirm yourself biblically, but that's not what this is saying. This is like, get out there and tell folks. It just, it, it's so important, it encourages them. I was hanging out in the campground yesterday, just hanging out, and ran into some people. Uh, and we just, just started talking to them. Hey, do you need some help with some different stuff? And it, it's a long story, so I'll just, I'll just jump to the end. It was, it was pretty awesome. Um, but just started talking to them and, and, and engaged them and just encouraged them to, to draw. And they were going through some problems and life stuff. And I was like, man, you know who can help you, right? It, it's, it's, it's God. And I had one of my work shirts on, you know, that I wear sometimes. And I just started talking to them and just telling them, man, you need to go to God with this. He can help you with this. He can, he can alleviate that. He can give you the good, right direction. And they're like, man, I'm just trying to throw stuff in the dumpsters. I didn't even expect to run into someone. But I wanted to well them big time, right? I'm here for you. Staying in front of their truck, they can't leave. And those golf carts don't have big turn radiuses. They can't get around. So I was just like, look, here's the deal. God loves you. He needs you. You should come to church. You should certainly pray about this. But that's what I love about verse, uh, the, the three things that come out on these verses when it says give thanks to God. It's, it's telling people. Singing is out, so that naturally helps them. But, but you're, you don't live in a Disney musical. You can't run through the hallways and neighborhoods of your life and just start singing. At, well, you can. I've done it. But generally, it's be received awkwardly. Padded rooms, different stuff like that. But what you can do is you can let your life sing out to who he is and be intentional about that. So let me ask, just reiterate this question before we move into the gospel-centered living. Um, why is God so great? Why is God so great? Now, I'll preface it with this way. There are so many reasons why. You literally could, could have the entire scripture on the wall 
grab a dart from a dartboard, throw it, and you will hit a reason why God's so great. But based on this scripture, and there are many in there, I would like, like to highlight this, why God is so great. He alone is good and his mercy endures forever. Forever. Even the people that find themselves in hell forever will still be a fulfillment of this truth that his mercy endures forever. That he created the oceans, he created the trees, he made the heavens to try to reach them. He sent people like you and I into their lives so that they might know no one in hell is going to be like, we never heard, no one ever told us. If God can make a donkey talk and a bush burn and not be consumed, he can reach people we don't think can be reached. So we just know that, that God is so good because he alone is good and his mercy endures forever. And isn't that awesome? What a refreshing word to the Greeks. The Greeks had so many gods they had to worship. Like, look, there's just one place to go to, right? Not this buffet bar of paralysis where you're like, do I go to the dessert part first or do I just get straight to the bacon? No, there's one good way and that's the way in which we go. And it's Christ. And why should we tell others God is great? And I would say to you, salvation and sanctification or break it down uh, this way more so that others are born again and become mature disciples of Christ. That's why we should tell others. So that they're born again, um, saved by grace through faith. So they become Christians, or as they called them in the New Testament, followers of the way, so that they might know. So don't miss any opportunity that the Holy Spirit just leads you into, pushes you into, um, to know that. Because the desire is they be born again, God does that good work. But when it comes to maturing disciples, um, or salvation, and sanctification, that's why we tell others, Right? Why, what's the scripture say, what's Jesus say? That, that um, there's more rejoicing in heaven over uh, one sinner who is saved than 99 righteous people who don't need it, right? I mean, you know that there was, there was a celebration and rejoicing in heaven when you were saved as a Christian. Not only in this room, but those watching online. The angels just rejoiced because they know the full breadth of what took place. Christ rejoices and God rejoices and the Holy Spirit rejoices and, and he, the Holy Spirit, he's so happy he moves in with you. You ever think of that? You're not saved and God's kind of there and then you get saved and he moves in. Now that's somebody who really loves you because I know many of you. I don't know about moving in. But the Holy Spirit's like, I'm there. And not only am I there, I'm going to start cleaning up. Okay, that would be awesome. And he just starts doing his work. So why should we tell others salvation and sanctification? Why is he so great? There are so many reasons, but based on this verse, that he alone is good as a mercy endures forever. So let's just talk about this gospel-centered life right here, right? Because you, you have to give thanks. I can't give thanks for you, right? Like I can't tithe for you. You can do some sort of offerings for you. But, but, but you must give those thanks. So let's just talk about your worship, right? We talked about this a little bit. Tell God he's great. When was the last time you've done that, Right? Husbands, you guys with me? It's not enough to think that you love your wife. You must tell her that. She's like, I can't read your mind. Well, it seems like you can sometimes. But you want to tell God that he's great. Praise him daily and a lot. Those are, that's a really great thing about um, Judaism is, is they have so many things um, that would just help them usher into the Lord. Now, now, I know that repetition can become rote and it can lose its meaning. It's a concern I have for taking communion every week that you might just start taking it as a ritual. And if that ever happens, I have a conversation with you to enliven that. 
But man, praise him every day a lot. And not only just in your deep devotional intense time, but also just when, whenever you can think, you know, in your worship, um, tell God he's great. Um, you know how much you appreciate that when it happens. Um, imagine the, the guy that knit you together in your mother's womb hearing that. I mean, man, it's awesome. Community. Community. And I'm t- we'll talk about the Christian community here. Um, tell ourselves how great God is. Um, praise God together um, wherever. We must, as Christians, remind ourselves of these good truths. We must remember that there, there, all other idols, all other religions on the planet, all other philosophies or ways of thinking are worthless and false. And we must remind ourselves that God is the answer, that Jesus Christ is the way to the answer, and the Holy Spirit makes that possible through his comfort and guidance. So we've got to tell ourselves and remind ourselves um, how great God is. We have to sit and uh, that's why I love the words like um, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Because you just, you, you can't deny that it's good if you can taste and see it. So I encourage all of us to remember to keep that in front, how good God is, to share with each other what God's doing. Here's a great way to serve others. Tell all peoples the good news of God's salvation in Christ Jesus, right? Come and see what Jesus is to me. When you're engaging people and you're inviting them to give thanks, sometimes um, the best thing to say is just something nice and short and sweet. And the invitation to come and see is, is riddled throughout the New Testament for sure. They're just like, hey, just come and see. In fact, it was just one of the major tools, right? Just come and see. Well, what, well you know, what should I wear? What kind of songs do you guys do? What's the chairs like? You know what? Don't worry about that stuff. Just come and see. Just come and see. It's always better, right? It's always better in person and together and live. Then finally, multiplication. This is where we start looking out, right? So we start looking out. No, you know, secrecy here with us in our country where we live. Tell people God's great. Tell him he's great. Share all the ways he's good and has unending mercy. All the ways that he's good. Now, I love that the trees and the seas and the fields, they've got this down, right? All the ways that he's great. He, he is great in his blessings and he's great in his judgments. He is all the time great. And, and all of this verse, all this First Chronicles um, 16, which usually is a book that people sprint through when they read through the Bible in a year because they're like, oh my goodness, how many kids do these people have? Right, they just go through it. But I would say to you, tell people God's great. And just let them wrestle with it, man. I drop theology bombs and Christian truths on people all the time, right? So my, my wife loves the 52-cent uh, cups of ice at Handy Mart in town, right? They're starting to get to know me as the weird guy that only comes and buys one cup of ice with nothing in it. But man, I've got those dudes' numbers and those gals' numbers when I roll up there. I'm already thinking, like, what little thing I'm going to say? Because they're like, hey, have a good day. You know, they've got their HR training. They've seen their videos, have them a good day, stay warm out there, live it up, and then I'll just have some sort of saying of how good God is, or something that the Holy Spirit lays on it, and I just pull that pin and drop it on the counter, and like a boss, walk away with my cup, and just let it sit there, and let him mess with him, let him wrestle, hey man, God loves you, something simple like that, just like wrecks people, and their eyes get big, I'm like, thank you, and I just leave. Sometimes you have bigger conversations. Sometimes you get to wait in line by the Snickers and can have that. But man, tell people God's great. 
You think he's going to let you, um, well, he just, he won't leave you or forsake you. He won't. So I encourage you to do that. So here.